Hi, I'm Jordan Gill, and my business love language is efficiency. Because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? If your business depends on you, you don't own one. You have a job. We're here to fix that. Now, with over 150 episodes, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to season number seven of System Saved Me. And I'm really excited about this season because I'm getting to share with you some of the dopest people in the operation space. This is not an exaggeration. And I'm not only getting to share what they have contributed to the System Save Me shop, which if you haven't checked out, come and see us, just systemsaveme.com. You'll be able to check us out. But you'll also get to hear about them and their mission and how they got started in operations. And they all have such unique stories. I'm so, so stoked for you guys to, to check them out. So each week, you'll be meeting a new member of my op squad and the amazingness that they have. Both there will be tips and tricks, but also what workflows you should check out in the actual shop that they have created. So without further ado, let's see who my next guest is. Hey y'all, I'm so excited to bring this Lady Lou to your ears today. Uh, She is such a smarty pants when it comes to data and numbers and metrics and all of the things that are exciting to me anyway, and to her. (laughs) So (laughs) we hope you join us. (laughs) But anyway, Miss Lainey, how are you doing today? Great. I'm like, Actually, when I ask people how they're doing, I generally ask for a number. I'm like, from a scale of one to 10, how are you doing? Which only further proves how much I care about data. Because who cares about fine? It's like, I'm a 7.8. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. That's great. <laughs> for improvement, but still really great starting point. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say that's about where I'm at. I'm like 7.8, maybe an 8.2. Oh, that's a nice range. That's a nice, where are you at? healthy range. You know, I feel like... Outside of my actual physical body, I'm like an 8.59. My physical body is like a four. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. There's a a little bit of a a deficit on on that end, but we're working. So many dimensions. We'll put that on a graph and a spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) We will, a sleep matrix or something. But anyway, so Lainey, tell us about you and your business. I'm over, I'm Lainey Lamar. I'm over on Miss GSD. That's where you can find all my nerdiness and all its glory. I like to, it really just wraps it up where things I'm in, favorite pastimes, favorite topics are Airtable, your conversion rates, and uh, happy hour. (laughs) So if you want to talk about all three of those, I'm your girl. Yes. Absolutely. I like the happy hour faux show. Um, I'm on that with you in about 30 minutes when we're done with this. Um, It's like an 8.5 comes to like a nine. Easily creeps. It easily just is right there. Yeah. Um, But anyway, I know that currently you're doing all things Airtable data, all the things, but I would love to know, and my guests would love to know, how did you even get into this op space? Were you the girl with the spreadsheets all the time? Or did you just stumble upon it? Like, how did you even get into this crazy world? <laughs> I feel like this is more common than not, but especially in the systems and ops circle, which I get to know that people just kind of fell into it. I'm the nerd who was learning creative suite for fun, learning code because it seemed really cool and interesting. And there's no way that you can start learning those sorts of things on your own without formal 
learning sort of like college and stuff like that, if you're going to seek it out on your own, you're going to find these online circles of people who are monetizing it, who are making livings off it, who want to know what you know, who want you to do stuff for them. And all of a sudden people are throwing money being like, Hey, you know a lot about this. Why don't you do it for me? And I'm like, okay, I do have a background in project management and stuff like that. So it wasn't completely out of my wheelhouse, but yeah, once you start going into it, I'm like, yeah, I can create a client onboarding system. Why couldn't I? So you start creating these maps and like, wow, look at the workflow. You've just made it all visual, which is what I realize is a key in these online circles. If you're working with creative entrepreneurs is you really have to show nerdy systems and data stuff in a way that people can see and experience before you go ahead and do it. So that's kind of how I fell into my niche where I really do gravitate. I love creative stuff and I am a visual person. I like showing people the sort of goodwill hunting equations, how it actually looks on a paper. Like, Oh, that's how it translates. And so being that sort of translator from the nerdy side over to the creative side has been sort of my wheelhouse. And that's where I've gotten to where I am now, where I'm making spreadsheets sexy again. I swear. I like it. (laughs) They were already sexy for me, but for everybody else. For you and I, they're sexy, but for most people, not so much. Not so much. And speaking of spreadsheets that are sexy, enter Airtable. Oh, the sexiest. (laughs) They are the sexiest. I totally am just like nerding out on Airtable hardcore. And so this is something that I just like personally love and like I'm an advocate for. So I'm really excited to dive into it. And you have an amazing workflow in the shop that I actually had purchased before it was in the shop. And it's really helped me categorize and use it in a way that is dynamic almost. So like explain Airtable to people who maybe are used to Excel and like the the traditional spreadsheet and then how Airtable could help fill the gaps and more. I don't even compare it to Excel. Mm -hmm. I really do compare it to like an Asana or a Trello, except without that checklist mentality, because I think that people get into the habit of just adding things to their checklist, adding things to their checklist without accounting for why those things are important to do, which Airtable, if you design it properly, which I have, but if you set it up in a way where you're creating a to-do list, like you always would, but you're always holding yourself accountable to those big goals that you set for yourself because of the way that it's set up and also the way that you can have complete control over the views. So when you're looking at a spreadsheet, you're just looking at a spreadsheet with a database. Or if you're looking at Trello, you're looking at cards. But what if you could look at all of that information exactly the way you wanted it to. So when you could filter information and have it show up, not the way it would in a spreadsheet, but with the color coding and the emojis and all the fun visual prompts, you can have a gallery view, you can have a form view, you can collect information from clients that automatically populates into your project management system without having them to see all of the back end of what you're doing. I love the flexibility of the views and I like the total control it gives not only you, but anybody that you're working with. So if they want to see information in a different way, if they want to see a project or a task or the big picture or the really, really minute stuff that needs to be done, all of that is very flexible with Airtable. So they call themselves like a 
database meets spreadsheets or something, which is like the word they need to figure out how to brand this better because it really is a project management system that works as a spreadsheet. And I'm not even explaining all that well, but I'm not a copywriter. I'm a data person, but it really does allow you to account for all those things that you said were important. Let's say at the beginning of the quarter and make sure that you're always doing work that, reflects what you said was important in the first place. Yes, 100%. And I know that for me, the fact that you can do the different views like you talked about is big because if you do have different people on your team, maybe they are like a card person like Trello. So like Kanban, people are familiar. You just move the tiles to the next stage. But for me, I'm much more of like, I'll change the stages in the spreadsheet form so then I can separate it to see what's been done, what's not been done in like a very linear step. And so I think having that flexibility and even myself, I like certain, I like content in Kanban, but I like clients in spreadsheets and I like this in this other view. So I think the robustness of it but also the simplicity at the same time is just, it's done really, really well. So I'm, I'm it's done exceptionally well. And it's also done in a way where you as the owner of the Airtable base. And so a project is called a base. You have complete control over what other people have access to as well. So if you're working with a team and you have, let's say you're scheduling all of your social media for the next quarter, let's say, and you have somebody who schedules all your YouTube content. They don't need to see your Instagram. They don't need to see the stories or the Facebook or the posts. And so you can create a view that just pulls all of your YouTube stuff out of all of the big picture stuff. And all they have access to is that view. So they don't have to nose around or or try to find what relates to them. You can actually create super customized views for that one person on your team and have each person really focus on what is important to them. I love that. And because especially with just some, um, what is it? A confidentiality with some things like oh it's gosh. like, okay, permissions and all of that. Like it does a really awesome job. So specifically for Airtable, like a boss, what is it specifically? We're going to talk about your content planning base. So content planning project, how has that helped you or your clients or your customers with making sure that their content is getting done and getting executed and implemented. Cause that's obviously the biggest thing that Airtable helps you with is the execution on things. So how does your base do that? How does it actually help you with the implementation side? I think the best thing, content planning base, or whether you want to call that like blog strategy or however you want to call it, people tend to create content based on the brilliant ideas they have. And everyone, like these creative geniuses, we know what it's like. You have a thousand good ideas a day. Like not even, you have a million ideas a day and a thousand good ones and you can't possibly act on all of them. Mm -hmm. And the ones that you feel really passionate about might not be aligned with what you're trying to accomplish in your business. So my content planning base is designed around, for starters, we start off with figuring out what your messaging is. So you really want to, have those three to five core big brand messages that you stand by, that you promote, that is on brand for you. And then you have another table where uh, you have all of your offers listed, whether those are paid or free. And uh, you would list out all of your offers so that when you're creating content, every time you're going to create, whether it's a YouTube video or a blog post or a Facebook post or whatever it is, making sure that one, it relates to one of your offers, whether that's paid or free. And two, that it reinforces 
your big brand message so that you're always on brand, that you're always reinforcing what it is that you stand for, what it is that's important to your messaging. So the way I've set it up, make sure that you're never creating content that isn't aligned with those two things. And also making sure that everything that you promote either gets you paid or grows your list because that's what content is supposed to do. That's the reason you're doing it. So you never lose sight of those two big goals when you're putting content out there. Which is, I mean, I think it's like, duh, when you say it as simply as you say it. And when you are the ideas person, like you aren't thinking about the longevity of your idea. You're just like, it's a good idea. We just need to like put it out there, even though it's not attached to anything and has no purpose, like besides just like getting it out. And I think that if you're feeling like the, I want to get it out, like I found that some people just need an outlet for that. So I'm like, go just start a podcast on Anchor or something. Like, just <laughs> go put it over there. And so if you just like get the urge, just put it over there and just have at it. And then everything else needs to have a purpose. Um, yeah. So because when you type in a blog post title, let's say, for whatever idea that you have, yeah. and all of a sudden you click that link button and you can't see how it relates to any of your offers, whether paid or free, and it doesn't relate to your messaging it can be a great idea, but maybe it's a great idea for someone else. Maybe that's something you can share with somebody else and give that golden nugget to someone else because being able to stay on brand with the content you're putting out there is so, so important to just being able to grow. Otherwise you're working really hard at doing a lot of stuff that doesn't really grow your business, which is what you're in there for. No matter how brilliant the idea is, and I know how heartbreaking it is because I have those brilliant ideas too. And you just got to kill your baby's uh, expression, right? Like, God, but it's so good. <laughs> oh, those moments of brilliance. Yeah. And I think that especially in your base, cause I've been in all your different bases, that one is really good about like, okay, like if you can't choose which offer or which whatever it's with, then like, just let it lay there. Let it just be. Um, and you can just and- let it sit there. And I find that when I have a brilliant idea that I really want to act on and I put it there and I can't connect it, can't connect it. And I let it sit there long enough where I'm like, this doesn't have anything to do with me. And <laughs> you just kind of let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And also with your workflow, what is, does it help with the speed to execution, the speed of getting it out there? Like what other benefits are there to using your content planning base? Well, it helps you not waste so much time on stuff that's not going to grow your list and not get you paid. I mean, how much time do we spend on content? I think that's, I don't want to say the biggest time suckage because it's not time suckage if you're doing it right. You know, it's, right. it's an investment if you're doing it right. Right being able to put your time and your energy and your focus into what matters as opposed to spreading it thin across a lot of really great stuff that's not really serving you. I mean, you work so hard that your content should work as hard for you as you do for it is, is my philosophy with it. So while it is kind of, I don't want to say time consuming, but it is going to demand a little bit of attention for you to actually categorize your content. At least you know that everything you're putting out there matters, which again, isn't that why we're doing our business anyway? We want to do something that matters. We want to work with people that are impacting and doing something deeper than just like, which we all love money. We all love business. That's why we're here. Yay. And like, don't we want to have like a greater impact? And if you are able to do that with your content, rather than just creating something that's not useful or helpful or helps the person move along, then we aren't really 
helping with our own mission and our own absolutely which is you know it's hard for a lot of us to have the accountability system that will keep us in check because a lot of us are either solopreneurs or we have maybe just a VA. Like there's nobody telling us, nobody keeping us in check (laughs) what we should be doing. Most of us don't have ops managers. Most of us don't have integrators. And I don't think that most people need them. A lot of people just need a way of getting those checks and balances in place to keep themselves accountable. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. You don't have to create a big Facebook group or get a buddy system. Most of the time, you just need to be able to be able to link your ideas to that big picture vision that you set for yourself, whether that's content, whether that's quarterly planning, whether that's your finances, whatever it is, just always being able to relate that to the bigger goal. I love that. Yeah. Because I think people do think that they need and buddy accountability is totally a thing and it's awesome. And like, there's also room for you to work on your actual like self-integrity and self-accountability with just the right system like Airtable. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly how I use Airtable, to be honest with you, where it's constant reinforcement of that accountability. So you're not asking for accountability buddies among strangers and Facebook groups. You don't need that. You just need an Airtable base to link all your thoughts together. Yeah. 100%. I love that. And so speaking of kind of again, what it is that we talked about just being able to keep everything toward your goals and what you want to accomplish. I want to talk about maybe a huge goal of yours or a huge mission of yours that you're working toward for your business, outside your business, kind of depends, but I would love to hear what that is. I love the freedom that working online has provided us. This is something that wasn't available, even it was kind of available 10 years ago. Right not at all available 20 years ago. And when you have people who live in areas or maybe people who live in areas that they might not have access to the types of job opportunities or maybe education that would allow them to be able to build a career that they were in control of, I would love to be able to create something where people who live in more remote areas or people who don't have access to education would be able to create their own opportunities because that's what the online world fosters. Like you can create anything you want to as long as you are willing to work to get the skills, have the integrity of delivering over and over again. Because I think that's the key to being successful online. You have to keep showing up. You have to build that trust with people in the online circles. And there's no reason why somebody who may not have the access to the resources that you needed 10 years ago couldn't make it happen now. And I would love to do something or build something around being able to provide that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's, I think, very similar missions and just like bringing opportunities to people who have a lack of or can't find or whatever. And so I think it is so true to just like actually like soak in the fact that like we run businesses on the internet, like, and Mm -hmm. we can work wherever. And there's so many blessings in that just like, itself that it's almost like, okay, how can we not want to spread this with more people and give more people the flexibility for health reasons, for family reasons, for just travel reasons, like whatever those are. I think that there's so much more room and people think like, oh, the online industry, there's so many people because we all just like live in it. And it's like, no, like <laughs> it is so tiny. It is so tiny. And there are so many people like 
in traditional jobs, like we hear this all the time where nobody's going being like, oh, I shouldn't go to law school. There's already a bunch of lawyers. Like nobody says that. Nobody. Nobody says that about traditional employment. And here's the other thing with people who might not have that access to the same resources as are available now that 10 years ago weren't available. You still have people who have the mentality that like they don't get it. And we all know this because you try to explain what you do and like, she makes money online. I don't know. (laughs) And they don't get it at all. So when somebody is going to say, well, I'm going to work online, I'm going to serve people online. I'm going to be a VA. I'm going to be an ops manager. I'm going to help people with whatever it is that your niche is trying to convince somebody who doesn't know what this is like, they're going to tell you, you can't do it. And so being able to give people even the access of believing what's possible and not believing what's possible, like the Facebook ads where you're like, eight figures from your toilet seat, we'll have fights on yachts with money. Like it's not that ad. I'm talking about really making like a legit normal, Right. it's just a regular living. Totally. I know. Like for... I think a lot of people, it's always chasing, like, we all have to become millionaires. We all have to become, and it's like, if that's your, like, jam, like, totally cool, awesome. And if you just, like, want to make a living and want to, like, have flexibility, you can also do that and, like, enjoy I'm not sure why the bar got to a point where pissing contest, the right metaphor, I wish (laughs) I I could think of something a little bit cleaner, but it just seems to be, like, do more, get a bigger, you can make a gazillion dollars. Why don't you just make a living? Let's just do that. <laughs> just try doing that. <laughs> like how do we get from like a couple thousand to now we all need to be millionaires? Like, yeah. I'm not sure where that like disconnect is where you like, it's not even an all or nothing. It's a right. happy, like not happy. Cause that's a different thing, but like right. making a living and then being a gazillion. I just, I don't know why there's no in between. There's nothing in between (laughs) money fights on yachts that Paul Jarvis talks about. And just like being able to take a couple trips a year and going to the restaurant two, three nights a week. Yeah. I I totally agree with you on that. And again, it's not bad if you want either, or it's not bad if you want the middle, like just don't feel pressure to be one way because you think that's all that there is. Yeah. Like as if that's the measure of online business success like the the seven figure this or you can define success the way you would have in a traditional employment opportunity it's just having the freedom to be able to pick and choose what you want to do and when you want to do it yep 100 percent. i love this and i could chat with you for this forever and also (laughs) need to keep this short so miss laney besides the workflow shop where can people find you um so website instagram facebook wherever you want people website miss gsd instagram at miss gsd facebook please don't try to find me that i just i hate facebook so much i don't think i've logged in like for a year and a half you could try to go ahead but i'm not i've got a box full of messages that i haven't looked at i should be better about it but you know what i don't like being there i keep saying if facebook were a place now I'm just ranting, but if Facebook were a place, like I would give it the worst Yelp review. I would never go there in a real world situation. It's a horrible place, but you know, I enjoy Instagram. So come see me there and slip into my DM, say hi. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm much more of an Instagrammer too. So I get it. I love Instagram. Yeah. It's a lot more fun and happy. So, well, thank you so much, Lainey, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks for listening to System Saved Me. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me. Don't forget to check out the Workflow Template Shop at systemsaveme.com to help you work less and make more. See you next week.